people aren't afraid of the cold call. They're afraid of the call. Like they're afraid of picking up the phone and calling people and having a conversation with people. So let's not confuse, you know, picking up the phone and prospecting purely with cold calling. Prospecting is all of the above. Sometimes it's a pure cold call. Sometimes you're reaching out to someone who called into you. Sometimes you're calling a list of people who did business with you in the past and not doing business with you today. Sometimes you went to a networking event, collected a bunch of cards, and you got to call them. And if you just really want to get into the mindset of people out there that are failing on the phone, all you got to do is do that. Take go follow them. They go to a networking event. They meet a bunch of people. They get a bunch of cards. They never call. They send a bunch of emails to people and they don't get a response. Pick up the damn phone and call people. Sales is human to human. Have a conversation. What is going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining yours truly, Ryan Caligiuri, on this week's episode of Cut the Crap Podcast, where every single week I'm reading a book, breaking that book down to its core golden nuggets, bringing the author onto the show to have a conversation with them about the golden nuggets. And I'm here every single week just trying to save you a little bit of time and bring you information that I believe, truly believe, can spark change in your life. And if you love the show, if you love all the episodes, you love what I'm putting out there, then please take a minute, go online, rate and review the show, whether you're listening on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, doesn't matter. Rate and review the show, take a screen capture of it, take a picture of it, and send it to podcast at ryancalajury.com so I know that you've gotten your entry in. And when you do, I'll make sure that I put you into the draw every single quarter for a brand new prize. And of course, you already know this quarter's prize we're giving away either an uh, Amazon Alexa a Google Home, or an Apple HomePod. I'm going to reach out to the individual who wins, ask them what they want, order it up, send it off to them. Nice and easy. Also, if you don't follow me yet on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, please do me a favor. Go online, and when you go online, you connect with me, send me a quick message, and let me know that you found me through the podcast. Because the reason why I do this, again, I, I started this podcast just to share information, but to me, the coolest thing, the coolest thing is connecting with all of you. So many of you tune in every single week for different reasons. Some of you get really inspired by the podcast. Some of you just from a tactical perspective love to learn something and put it into practice. Some of you are having your lives changed because of the podcast and you're going into detail telling me how it's changing your life and I absolutely love that. So without hesitation, please reach out to me. Let me know you listen to the podcast and let me know how it's impacting um, your life, your career, whatever it is. All right, so this week, what are we talking about? We're talking to Jeb Blunt about his book, Fanatical Prospecting. Prospecting. Man, that's a dirty word, right? A lot of people have looked at prospecting for so long as just this, ooh, prospecting, I don't do that. Cold calling? Cold calling's dead, Ryan. Not true. Not true. So many of us, including yours truly, have been sold on a bill of goods that prospecting, cold calling, is dead. Got a lot of marketing experts out there, people who support inbound marketing, you know, blogging, social media, you know, all this content development. They look at that and they say, well, that is the death of prospecting because now buyers, they don't want to be sold to. Buyers like to buy, like to do their own research, but they don't like to be sold to. That's not true. There are so many organizations out there who are picking up the phone still, dialing for dollars and making good money, filling their pipeline. And I'd argue with a lot of you out there. I would argue with a lot of you out there who disagree with it to come at me 
let me know what you disagree with. Because Jeb Blunt's book, he makes the case for prospecting. And I've talked to many individuals who are using prospecting right now to grow their pipelines. And it's sad because so many of you out there work in organizations or you're a solopreneur struggling to make sales. You're an entrepreneur not sure how to get the word out there. And your first look is at marketing. Listen, I completely agree with you. You need marketing. You need marketing to build familiarity. You need marketing to build brand. I do not disagree with that at all. That's, that's how, how I look at it. But you can have all of that in place and still not make a lot of sales. If you put that investment into marketing, you have to prospect to make use of that investment in marketing. Get out there. Get the message out there. Build familiarity by reaching out and cold calling people, leaving creative voicemails for them, communicating the value of what it is you deliver to them. Encourage them to, yes, go online, look you up. Marketing is there to support sales. And there's far too many of you out there with really shitty pipelines, and excuse excuse my language, but really crappy pipelines. You know, you're not making your sales quota. And when you look at your behavior, how many people did you call last week? 10, 20, 30? Probably not even. Some of you, zero. Jeb Blunt's book, Fanatical Prospecting, is a great read for anybody who doesn't believe in prospecting. Or maybe you're intrigued by prospecting. You're saying, you know what, Ryan? Maybe I got to give this stuff a try. Well, listen to this episode because there's a lot of really good takeaways from here. But if you are looking to get into sales, then I would say pick up every book you possibly can. Read every blog post you can. Learn as much as possible about sales. But especially, especially about prospecting and reaching out to customers who may not have heard of you before. In any case, I'm talking way too much here, way too much, but I'm really excited about this. Jeb was a great guest, awesome energy. He and I, we had such great chemistry, and he said he wants to be back on the show again, talking about his other books. He's got a slew of other books, so I can't wait to get Jeb back on the podcast to talk about another one of those, because again, great chemistry, man, and I love a good interview. So definitely give this one a listen, and when you do, go online, like I said, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Let me know that you listen to the show. Reach out to me. Let me know that you listened. Tell me what you think. Do you disagree? Do you agree? What is your current state with regards to prospecting? How are you winning the sales game without prospecting? Let me know all those things. Just want to hear your opinion. But in any case, without further ado, this is Fanatical Prospecting by Jeb Blunt. And I will catch you back here at the end of the episode. Enjoy, everyone. Jeb, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing awesome. Thank you for having me on the show. I really uh, appreciate it. Absolutely. It's great to have you on the show. I know that there's a lot of people out there, a lot of sales professionals who aren't doing enough prospecting. So I'm hoping... They're getting on the show, it's going to light a fire under their ass and um, get them prospecting. And those people who don't believe in prospecting, get them believing in prospecting because it's something that they need to do. It's something that their business needs them to do to help take things to another level and help grow a pipeline. But uh, before we get into the, uh, the book and before we get into the show, why don't you introduce us to yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do for people who don't know you yet. Well, I'm the CEO of a company called Sales Gravy. We're a global sales training firm, but we, we also provide a, a lot of consulting. So we do a lot of hands-on uh, sales acceleration consulting, working with companies and their sales organizational infrastructure. And whether we come in through the training channel or we come into the consulting channel, we usually end up providing some level of either custom semi-custom or out-of-the-box sales training based around the books that we wrote. In fact, that's, that's one of our you know, our core uh, monikers is that you know we wrote the book, literally wrote the book. So I'm the I'm the author of nine books. My newest book will be out shortly. It's called Out uh, Objections, mm-hmm. and, and I traveled the globe 
standing in front of, of sales organizations. I was on the road every day last week. And in fact, last year I did 307 nights on the road. So Oof. it's a, um, it's, 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 it's a, it's a hell of a job. I love it. You know, I walk through airports and, you know, truly I pinch myself that people are paying me to show up and have conversations with their leaders, with their salespeople. But that's what we do. We, we, we teach people how to reach peak performance fast and how to sell more, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're a salesperson, whether you're a leader, how to, how to pull more revenue in, which for most people means that they have a higher income and through a higher income, you can live the life that you want to live, which is curious to me when you said, you know, that some people don't believe in prospecting. I, I guess that they, they believe in poverty. Maybe that's a better, <laughs> it's a better role than, you know, than actually having an income. You know, it's funny you say that it's, I just don't think they have the understanding. They don't have the knowledge. I sit there and I talk to entrepreneurs. I talk to people who are building, building stuff. And they say, I just don't understand, Ryan. We're not growing. Okay, well, pretty simple question you ask. What are you doing? Well, I mean, we're doing blog posts. We're doing social media. We're doing landing pages. We're doing SEO. Oh, cool. Awesome. Who's picking up the phone? Uh, nobody. Does that work anymore? <laughs> Hold on. So this podcast... It's for you. And I think that actually gets us right into the golden nugget number one. So why don't we kick it off? Golden nugget number one says that the inbound marketing talking heads, they're wrong. Prospecting is not dead. So much of our world has bought this, I don't know, bill of goods that says the role of the salesperson has dramatically diminished. And these marketing heads, they denounce the profession because people are now empowered to do their own research. So Jeff, how do you respond to those people who believe that? And those marketing experts that, you know, they laugh and they denounce people who believe in prospecting. Well, I, you know, this is the this is the problem that we face in our Internet connected world. And you can see this in almost everything that human beings do right now. It's a black or white, like it's one or the other. It's zero sum. So if you're an inbound marketing guru or expert or in some case charlatan, it is in your mm -hmm. best interest to tell everybody don't prospect because you have the one way to revenue salvation. We'll put up a landing page. We'll go out on social media. We'll do content marketing and all these leads are going to come into you. And, and they're wrong about that. Now, they're right about having an inbound marketing strategy. That makes sense. I mean, if you're an entrepreneur, you're running a business, you're running a sales organization, having things that both create inbound leads and inbound opportunities and create familiarity with the people that you're calling out to, that's a great idea. But the idea that or the, the concept that you don't need to prospect because we're doing inbound, just like you described with entrepreneurs, there are companies that are failing miserably. Now, really smart people in these companies know this is BS. Like they, they get it. Mostly it's just noise. The problem is, is that there are, a lot, there are a lot of people out there that buy into it for the core reason that prospecting sucks. I mean, reaching out and calling somebody and having a human-to-human -human conversation, it's so much easier if people just come to you and buy from you or they just come in and they engage you. And yes, people have the ability to do tons of research online, and sometimes they do. But we're also seeing very good data that says that buyers are completely overwhelmed when they're trying to do research on the web primarily because when they do research about the companies they want to do business with, all of those companies essentially on the web look exactly the same. Hmm. So it's the salesperson's responsibility and job to reach out, have a conversation, and then the probability that that buyer is going to do business with their company because of the relationship that they build. 
And you can't build a relationship with a landing page. You can only build a relationship with a human being. So it requires inbound and outbound. And when you put those two things together, an inbound marketing campaign and strategy, which, by the way, is marketing, is not sales, and you, you, you combine that with a good, solid, systematic outbound strategy, which, by the way, can be balanced across multiple channels, including phone, in-person, text messaging. It can be, there can be social outreach. You can, you can use the, you know, your email, which is really powerful. But when you combine inbound with a systematic, balanced prospecting strategy, outbound prospecting strategy, it's like lightning in the bottle. It's, it's, um, it's serendipity. We consistently, you know, I explained earlier, we're as a consulting business. When we go in as consultants, we work with companies. We consistently double our clients and you know revenue on, on the top line through these strategies. And that's not hyperbole. That is the truth. And it, and it's it. People think it's magic. And maybe it's just because they've been fed this bill of goods, but it's not magic. It's basic. It's fundamental. And it's something I call the a paradox of the, of the basics. These truths are, 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 are so obvious that we keep walking by them. We, we've, we've, they've, they've almost become invisible to us. So what you're doing and what I'm doing is hopefully opening everybody's eyes back up again after they fell asleep over the last 10 years of this you know, social media internet dominance. And we're explaining the truth to them that if you want to grow your revenue, if you want to grow your income, if you want to reach your, your targets, whatever those may be, there's got to be an outbound effort applied to your inbound marketing strategies. That's right. And it's, it's really unfortunate, but you said it like 10 years ago. I can think of one individual in particular who got a lot of book deals, did a lot of speaking tours, and I'm not going to say who that is because I don't want to give them some attention. But they went out there and they were saying, listen, you're an idiot if you still believe in the phone. And they would go out there, publicly denounce it, and they had a whole bunch of people eating it up. And I'm afraid to say I was one of those people. I was one of those people because I never did cold calling. So I just believed it blindly, foolishly. I said, oh, he must be right. I never believed in the phone. Myself, I had a different strategy in terms of how I grew my consultancy. I never had to pick up the phone. I wrote for national publications. I did a lot of networking. I got a lot of referrals. I did great work that people talked about. And that's how I grew. I never had to use the phone. That's one specific case. That doesn't mean that the phone is useless. That just means I didn't have to use the phone. That just means that he didn't have to use the phone. And yet he denounced something that he never used. And that then poisons the minds of everybody else. But it's funny though, because when I talk to other individuals who run teams, teams of, uh, who, who sit there and just call all day. They believe in the phone. The phone is their greatest weapon. He goes to me and he says, Ryan, don't do the podcast with Jeb. That's what he said. I said, what are you talking about, man? I said, I got to get the word out there. He goes, no, don't do that because the phone is our competitive advantage in this industry. And I am being dead serious. He goes, look at all of our competitors. They're all selling by networking, they're doing these live events, they're doing X, Y, and Z, and look at their revenues, okay? Now look at our revenues. They're laying off people, we're hiring their people they're laying off. He goes, don't tell people about it. Listen, I understand his perspective, but for the greater good, it's important to get this information out there, you know? But I I totally empathize with him and I understand where he's coming from, and it's very cool. And again, to share that story, I'm hoping that it comes across to all of you out there in Cut the Crap Podcast Nation that, you know, if you don't believe in the phone, Start believing in it because there's people out there who do believe in it and they're using it to grow their business. Let's dive into that for a second because sure. there's a couple of really important nuggets that you that you pulled out of that. So, so one of those is that 
consultants and authors and gurus tell you not to use the phone. These are not people who are selling products and services and in software and machines. They're selling ideas and concepts. Mm -hmm. I'm an author. I've written nine books. If you walk through an airport, you'll probably see my book in the airport. If you go into a bookstore, you'll see my book in a bookstore. If you watch me on social media, I'm, I, I've got a massive platform. You know, and, I, and I use social media um, like a sledgehammer. And, and I drive a ton of inbound leads into my business. Now, I have an outside uh, or an outbound sales team. I've got an entire sales floor, people calling, and they're, they're driving sales. We're calling you know, lists of, of old customers, of, of, of potential customers. We do both. And what happens is you have these, and I will just call them little people. You have little people who live in their little world who have no perspective on the rest of what people, or the rest of the world, what other people are selling. And they tell you, I'm a, I, I wrote a bunch of blogs on LinkedIn and I built my business that way. You should do this. Hmm. That is bull. It is, I mean, it is complete crap because yes, there are some businesses. I mean, there are some consultancies. There are some, you know, some idea marketers out there where that probably is the best way to generate leads. And oh, by the way, if you're a, if you're an individual, like you're, you know, you're a sole proprietor and you, you know, you generate a handful of leads off a couple of blogs, you probably got all that you can take. But if you're a business, you will never generate enough leads to fill the funnel to keep your salespeople full. So you have to be very careful about the source that you're hearing this from. I'm the first one to tell you that in my particular business as an author and a speaker, as a keynote speaker, my best lead is an inbound lead as a keynote speaker. My best lead for sales training is an outbound call because I reach out to companies who aren't thinking that they have a problem. So in my business, there are different channels that we use. But listening to these human beings who say, you know, you should stop doing this because of my experience, they're, they're warped. They don't, they don't know what, they're, what, they're, you know, what the rest of the world's like. And oh, by the way, when you hear that, all you got to do is go find their bio and look at what they've done in their life. Most of these people have never sold anything or they had one sales job. They failed at it. Then they decided to be a thought leader. And so then they built their world around that. And, and they're looking for attention, so they use this hyperbole because everybody, like you said, everybody ran in that direction. It's mm -hmm. easy. I mean, prospecting sucks. Now, one more thing about the telephone. We, we always say, you know, cold calling in the phone, but it's not cold calling in the phone. I, I watch clients who, who have inbound leads that come in. 50% of their inbound leads never get a call. People aren't afraid of the cold call. They're afraid of the call. Like they're afraid of picking up the phone and calling people and having a conversation with people. So let's not confuse, you know, picking up the phone and prospecting purely with cold calling. Prospecting is all of the above. Sometimes it's a pure cold call. Sometimes you're reaching out to someone who called into you. Sometimes you're calling a list of people who did business with you in the past and not doing business with you today. Sometimes you went to a networking event, collected a bunch of cards, and you got to call them. And if you just really want to get into the mindset of people out there that are failing on the phone, all you got to do is do that. Take go follow them. They go to a networking event. They meet a bunch of people. They get a bunch of cards. They never call. They send a bunch of emails to people and they don't get a response. Pick up the damn phone and call people. Sales is human to human. Have a conversation and don't get caught up in the cold call or not cold call because that doesn't really make a difference. What makes a difference is are you systematically every day 
figuring out ways and using the phone to reach out and have a conversation with another person who has the potential to do business with you. Sorry, I didn't mean to get on my soapbox. (laughs) I love it, man. But you know what? People need to hear that. People need to hear that because I'm telling you, there are so many individuals out there who are hired as sales professionals, who are told that a part of their job is prospecting, and yet they still don't pick up the phone. And those who do pick up the phone, they face this challenge, and that leads us into golden nugget number two. Golden nugget number two says, people don't win at prospecting because they're not persistent enough. This is a challenge that I see all too often. People who denounce the phone say, Ryan, I tried calling, it doesn't work. The next question you ask logically is, how many times did you call? Ah, two, three times. Okay. Does this person know you? No, they don't know me from a hole in the wall. Okay. So they don't know you. You called them two or three times. And so you're deciding to give up. Yeah. Okay. So why don't you call them a little bit more? Okay, cool. I go back to them maybe two weeks later. How many times did you call them? I called them about six more times. Hey, good for you. You called them eight times in total, eight or nine times. Great. Um, Still, they don't know you. They've never heard of you before. Yep. Uh, well, Ryan, they say on average it takes, you know, 9 to 12 touch points to close the deal. So, I mean, I'm already in the 8, so I'm just going to give up. I'm going to pass on that. You said something in the book that I, I absolutely loved, and you kind of broke it down to say um, there's different levels um, to people knowing you. And then you even went off and you said sometimes it's going to take you between 30 to 50 touch points. Can you talk to us a little bit about persistence and maybe give some clarity to those numbers? Maybe the best way to do it is to tell you an, a real story about a real client of mm. mine. So it's a big insurance company, and one of the problems that I saw when we first started working with them, we were running a, a series of fanatical prospecting boot camps, is that their agents were just blowing through lists. So they were going out on one of the big data companies and buying lists from the data companies, and these were these were fairly targeted lists, and these were these these were insurance agents selling business to business insurance. So these were B two B sales calls. And they would take a list and they would run through the list. They would dial everything on the list once and then they would go, give me another list. Mm. And when I saw it, I was appalled. I was like, oh my God, what a, what a losing strategy that is. <laughs> because, I mean, these are pure cold calls. You're calling them once, roll through the list, go get another list. And eventually, they would in their territories, they would run out of lists to call because they called them all. And they would go, well, I got nothing else to call. It's not working. So I had a conversation with one of their vice presidents who agreed to run a, um, a, a demonstration with me. Now, this cat had not made a cold call in 11 years. Wow. And it tells you a lot about this, this, this man as a leader because he impressed me because he said, all right, I'll do it. So he got a list of 25 leads, and this was a cold list of 25 leads. And we had a fanatical prospecting boot camp. We had 40 of, of, of agents in his region in the room. This was over a two-day period, and we've run live phone blocks in our fanatical prospecting bootcamp. So everybody's on the telephone, and I'm coaching them as we go forward and go through the process. So he takes a list of 25 and does the first phone block, and he gets nothing. He gets hammered a few times, gets some rejection, and, and he tells everybody what he's doing. I've got one list. I'm calling this list over and over again. We do another one. He gets more information. We do six phone blocks. At the end of those six phone blocks, that means he had called into that list six times. He'd gathered information about who the boss is, you know, met the, the gatekeepers a couple of times. He set 11 appointments wow. from 25 leads, but he didn't do it on the first call or the second call or the third call. It wasn't until the fourth, fifth, and sixth phone blocks that he was beginning to get traction on that list. And it was an eye-opener for that entire group. It really – it was it was just – 
I, I've talked about this so many times because it was just such a moment of clarity for everyone that you have to call and you have to be persistent. And this was a very well-known brand name. There's a good reason for people to meet with you. They already have familiarity. And, and by the way, if you're an entrepreneur and you started a business and people don't know who you are, it takes way more touch points than that because people don't know who you are. If you've got a big brand name and your marketing department is you know, using advertising to get your name out there, it is easier to get an appointment. So, so all he did, all he did was he made the list better. And, and I heard my buddy uh, Mike Weinberg say this the other day go, he said, you have to earn the callback. You have to earn the response. You have to earn the appointment. It doesn't happen just because you showed up. You've got to earn it. And I think that the, the, the hard part for people to get is, because I hear that all the time, hey, it didn't work. And I, and I have the same question you have. I'm like, <laughs> well, how many times did you try it? Well, I called a couple of times, and, and you know, all I'm getting is the gatekeeper. And they tell me no. I go, well, what's the, gatekeepers, what's the gatekeeper for? Like, what do you use the gatekeeper for? And they look at me. I don't know. I'm like, well, can the gatekeeper give you information if you ask? Well, yeah. I will stop fighting with the gatekeeper and ask the gatekeeper for information. Get everything you possibly can out of the gatekeeper. You know, then call the gatekeeper, and now you're more informed. Now you sound like you, you're supposed to be there. So it's, um, it is a mindset shift, and it is hard for people to recognize that, yeah, you do have to call 20 or 30 times. Now, some of those calls, like some of that 20 or 30 times means that you got to get a little bit more thoughtful about how you're building your list and who you're targeting and who you want to get into. You know, I called um, a, a prospect. It's you know, it's all legendary at this point. Um, it, it, I didn't mean for it to be that way, but I, I called a, a, a prospect. It was a company called Fuji Film. Mm. This is back in the '90s, and it was a huge deal for me. I mean, it was almost a 1.2 million dollar deal. I called the buyer 52 days in a row, 52 days in a row, mm. and I left a voicemail 52 days in a row. And on day 53, the dude called me back and said. You're not going to stop calling me until I meet with you, are you? And I went, nope. And he said, all right, come on in. But it took that many calls. Mm -hmm. Now, it was, a, it was a buying window that I knew was coming up. It was a massive deal. It was in my territory. I knew I wanted to get in there. And I knew that I had nothing to lose by working at it that hard. But I earned the callback. I earned the appointment, and I closed that deal. And I went to President's Club in Maui because it was such a big deal, and it you know it made my year. Wow. But but when I tell that story, most people roll their eyes in the back of their head and go, "You're a stalker," <laughs> and I go, "No, I'm a self professional." Mm. And 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 there is a line between stalking right and being a self professional. But I had every reason to call this person. He didn't tell me to stop calling. He just wasn't answering his phone. And by the way, this is mid-90s for all the people who say that people don't answer their phones. They didn't answer their phones in the 90s either. They don't answer their phones now. They don't want to be interrupted. They don't want you to call. They don't want to meet with you. That's why it's called sales, not order-taking. Before we start getting into a little bit more of, of what this looks like from a prospecting perspective, let's learn a little bit more about the people who are prospecting. Because there might be people out there right now who say, listen, Jeb, Ryan, I'm not the person. I'm not the guy. I'm not the girl. I'm not the, the, the individual who's going to be doing the prospecting because I just don't have it in me. Well, maybe you can paint a better picture for us because goal that nugget number three says there are seven key mindsets of a phonetical prospector. So if you're out there right now and you're thinking, hey, I don't, I don't, I'm not a prospector, maybe when Jeb goes through some of these seven key mindsets, you'll be like, hey, that's me. Maybe I can do this. So again, great prospectors. They all share these seven mindsets, which you, know, you can duplicate to ensure success in filling your pipeline and crushing your numbers. So lay it on us, Jeb. What are those seven key mindsets? Well, let's, let's, let's 
stop real quickly and and let's go back to what you said. Sure. You said that there are people out there that say, um, you know, I'm not a prospector. And by the way, this this happens all the time. And I run into this with companies who have people on the team that say, you know, I'm just not really good at prospecting, but I'm good at closing. Mm. And there are some people out there that say, I'm going to hire people to do prospecting for me. And then they sit around and they complain because they don't have enough leads. And the people that they're hiring to prospect aren't doing the job for them. That, that happens all the time. And and they're like, hey, you know, I'm just, I'm, you know, prospecting is just not my thing. I'm going to get somebody else. So let me, let me dissuade you of this opinion. You may have people on your team that do prospecting for you, SDRs, BDRs, what have you. You may be an account executive. So let me tell you this from an entrepreneur standpoint. I'm a business owner. I have salespeople working for me. If one of my salespeople says I'm not good at prospecting, it's unlikely you're going to continue to be a salesperson on my team. Hmm. And here's why. If I can't trust you to ask for time, because that's what prospecting is. Prospecting is asking for time. Sales is asking for commitment. If I can't trust you to ask for time, then how in the world can I trust you to ask for money? Hmm. Think about that for a second. And by the way, no matter who's doing the prospecting for you, if someone's prospecting for you, you own the pipe. Not them, not someone else. So when you say I'm not prospecting, you say that it's okay that I'm not a prospector. It's okay that I don't take responsibility for my pipe. You have to be accountable to your pipe because the pipe is life. The pipe is everything. The the first mindset shift is that you own it. You own everything about the pipeline. And the pipeline begets everything else in sales. Prospecting is asking for time, the hardest ask in sales, because it's the most finite resource that anyone has. You can get more money, can't get more time. And sales is asking for commitment. So when you say I'm not good at prospecting, you're basically saying I'm not good at closing. And if you say I'm a great closer and not a good prospector, you're a liar. You're full of crap, to, to, to coin your phrase. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, though. But you, you do obviously you hear that a lot. You hear that a lot, though, where people say, hey, I'm great at closing. Once you put me in front of a client... I will close them. But you get a lot of BDMs out there who say, well, that's that's my job. I, I just close. I don't open up opportunities. And if that's you out there, then what are you saying, Jeff? Are you saying that these people have to, you know, start getting into prospecting, that every salesperson should be, you know, they should be prospecting? Is that what you're saying? Everybody prospects. Mm. Everybody owns it. If you have an SDR or a BDR working for you and you're an account executive, that's cool. That's called gravy. Sales great, right? You've got someone who's putting stuff into your pipeline. That's great. But if you don't get up every day and you don't have a prospecting block, if you don't make prospecting a part of your day, I say you're weak. Mm. I say that you, I say that you are degrading your sales skills. I say that you know certainly there are people out there that have the business acumen, the the intellectual acuity, and the experience to move big complex deals through a pipeline. Where a young SDR who is, you know, earning their 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 stripes and and getting their chops on the telephone, setting up appointments for you, moving deals into the pipeline, certainly there is a place for that, and 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 I and I and I believe that I've got I've got folks on my team that I give my big deals to because they they understand the process of advancing a deal through a complex pipeline. I get that, I understand it, but you can't you can't be entitled and believe that it's okay for you to say, oh, I'm not really good at that. I'm good at this. I say you're a liar. If you think you're good at closing and not good at prospecting, I I can look at your numbers. 
you are mediocre. Your numbers are mediocre. You are deluding yourself into believing that you are something that you aren't. And in sales, you can't be delusional and successful at the same time. When I look at the ultra-high performers in sales, the people that are at the top end of the ranking report, those folks are prospecting. Those folks are moving deals to the pipeline. Those folks are taking advantage of every resource they have, whether it's an SDR, whether it's a marketer, but they own the pipe. They understand that a full, vibrant pipeline is the beginning of everything. And, and you never hear those folks say, I'm, I'm good at this or not good at this. You'll see them. You'll see them attack every opportunity. I watch great account managers take an SDR and push them off their desk so they can get on the telephone and set the appointment because they feel that driven for it. And that's one of the mindsets that you know we get in prospecting. One of the seven mindsets is relentless. They are relentless prospectors. Relentless. Hmm. They look at the pipe and they wake up every day and they believe I've got to put something in the pipe. They're incredibly competitive. And, and that when you look at the top salespeople out there, when they look at their pipeline from a com- competition standpoint, here's what they believe. And it says, this is a weird thing to think about, but they're, but they're paranoid. Their competitiveness is they, they think that their competitor is going to get to that plum quality prospect before anyone else. And because they think that way, they're driven. Like They're like, I've got to get out there before anyone gets out there. So they wake up every day and they think, I, I only have so much time, but I've got to make all of these calls. I've got to make all these outreach because I don't want my competitor in there before I do. Mm-hmm. They're, they're also systematic. And, and if we just take those three mindsets, and there's seven mindsets. We take competitive, I'm driven to get out there before my competitor reaches in. It, they're, they're, they're relentless. Nothing stops them. Every morning they wake up and they realize they've got to keep going. And, and another way of, of looking at that is top prospectors, they don't rest on what they sold. Because they know that nobody cares and it doesn't matter what you sold. It only matters what you sell today. It only matters what you put in your pipeline today. So they never stop every day, every day, every day. In other words, there's not prospecting day. There's prospecting every day. Hmm. And then finally, they're systematic. And, and I'm, you know, people get mis- mistake what I say about this. But prospecting for me is robotic. It is systematic. It is, there's no nuance in this. It is full contact. It is bull in the china shop. It is knock down walls, knock down doors, do whatever you have to do to reach out, engage somebody, and bring them into the pipeline. The sales process is nuanced. It's art, right? It's the, it's the art of human relationships and, and influence. And, and I address that in my book, Sales EQ. And, and I love the sales process, love moving someone in. Prospecting is asking for time. Prospecting is getting you in the door. Prospecting is opening up the opportunity for that nuance. And sometimes you almost have to be you know, schizophrenic if you have a full cycle desk, right? So you are, you are prospecting and bringing people into the pipeline, and then you've got to build a relationship with them. When I'm trying to prospect, I'm not worried about the relationship. I'm asking for time. Give me time. Whatever it takes to get time. Because if I can get your time, because I'm a good enough salesperson, I can close you. I can move you through the pipeline. This takes me back to what I was saying before. When someone tells me they're a good closer, but they're not a good prospector, I know they're lying. Because if you can't make that switch from asking for time to asking for commitments, then there's no way, there's no way you're as good as you think you are. Hmm. So if you take those three mindsets those, uh, out, of, you know, out of the seven and you just put those to work, you can't lose. That's right. So again, getting on my soapbox on this, but it just <laughs> makes me crazy when I hear people say that. 
I can hear you, Jeb. I hear you. So the seven mindsets, again, you've mentioned three of them. The seven, in case you're curious, is optimistic and enthusiastic, competitive, confident, relentless, thirsty for knowledge, systematic and efficient, and adaptive and flexible. And all, all seven of those, uh, absolutely critical. And, and Jeb, you really went into detail on three of those. So now let's say you, you, you've heard, you know, you're out there listening, you've heard what Jeb said. However, you still have this massive pain, this fear in your mind It's called interruption, which leads us to the next golden nugget. So becoming comfortable with the fine art of interrupting is something that you've become famous for and something that you've coined. So this has, you know, this has to be one of the most difficult things that a salesperson has to get over, this idea of interrupting people. When you interrupt people, they can sometimes be pissed off. They're usually disinterested. Sometimes they can be rude. They brush you off. It's not easy. So Jeb, talk to us about the fine art of interrupting and how do you get comfortable interrupting people? You won't. You're not going to get comfortable interrupting mm-hmm. people. You're, you're, it's not going to happen. Um, you have to have a mindset that if, I, I, if, if I'm comfortable with having an income, I have to interrupt people. Mm-hmm. See, you know, I don't believe that poverty is a virtue. I, I don't believe that having an empty pipeline is a virtue. I don't believe that you know, scrambling every single month to pay my mortgage is a virtue. I believe in abundance. So I know that if I want abundance, that I have to interrupt people. In other words, everything that you want in life, the success that you're looking for is paid for in advance. And in sales in particular, for revenue in particular, it's paid for in advance with interrupting people. That's what prospecting is essentially. And people say, well, people don't want to be interrupted. I go, yeah, you don't want to be interrupted. I don't want to be interrupted. Nobody wants to be interrupted. So it's A, just just coming to grips with the fact that interrupting people sucks. It's not fun. Um, we have a tendency to project our own, you know, our own um, hate of being interrupted, our own, you know, the taste of being interrupted. We project it on other people. So for me, I'm able to because I don't see prospecting as nuance. I see prospecting as full contact. I'm able to compartmentalize what prospecting is and what sales is. So when I'm prospecting, I just, I, I just, I don't worry about it. I, I, I take all my empathy and I put it away. And I, I ask for time. Hmm. I interrupt people. And it's a mindset shift that, that I personally make. On the flip side of that, I'm also firm that I have a set of goals, which I think is important. You have to know what you want. You have to be able to define that. Because if I know what I want in the future, I know that the price I have to pay today is interrupting people. Hmm. But this concept of getting comfortable with it, you know, I'm, I'm really clear with people on this. It's not going to happen. Prospecting sucks. It's always going to suck. It's never going to change sucking. And if you had anything else that you could do in your life other than interrupt people, you would go do that. So you have to decide what is it that you want. Do you want to be poor or do you want to reach your goals? Do you want to build your business or do you want to live in mediocrity? Make that decision first because once you make that decision, then the interrupting piece gets a little bit easier. And the second part of that is a system. So in fanatical prospecting, we provide you with the system. So if you think about it, my, my pitch to salespeople is pretty simple. Who wants to be interrupted? That's what I ask a good question. They go, nobody. Nobody wants to be interrupted. Okay, great. But if we recognize that if you, if you don't interrupt, you're going to have skinny kids, but you need to interrupt. If, you're, if you were going to get interrupted, how would you want to be interrupted? And most people say, well, I would want it to be fast and relevant. Okay, great. So, so now you need a system to interrupt people fast. So what most people do is they call on the phone and they go, um, hey, how are you doing? You know, I've got some things I want to talk to you about. And I've got blah, blah, blah. You know, 
So I'm like, get to the point in 15 seconds or less. Hi, this is, you know, you know hi, Ryan. This is Jeff Blunt from Sales Gravy. The reason I'm calling to set an appointment with you because I'm helping companies like yours increase their revenue by up to 20% by changing their outbound prospecting strategies. How about we get together on Thursday at 2 o'clock so I can learn a little bit more about what you're doing around prospecting? That's about 15 seconds, somewhere in that yeah. neighborhood. Well, so if I'm going to interrupt, make it brief, right? Make it bright and then get off the phone because that's what they want. Be bright, be brief, be gone. And oh, by the way, and this is what's important. When you ask for the appointment, some people are going to say yes. Some people are going to say, screw you. And some people are going to go, well, they don't have any time or I'm not interested or we're already doing this or what have you. You make your money at the maybe. So the people are going to say, yes, I just do. I've tried to get them off the phone in 15 seconds or less because they're going to say, yes, I called the right time, called the right message, called the right person. I don't know. They were having a good day because they won the lottery. Whatever it is, they said yes to me. So I don't want to talk them out of the yes by him and hawing. And the people are going to say no. I mean, there's nothing I can do to change their minds. They're going to say no. I mean, I'll call them next week and see if they say no then. But the people that say maybe, those are the the folks in the middle that that I have to have a you know a process a turnaround process we teach you that in the book um, but I want to turn them around and turn them into an appointment so learn how to interrupt do it fast be relevant with it and and then move on to the next call and 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 be you know and just be honest with yourself hmm. it's uncomfortable calling invisible strangers it will always be uncomfortable calling invisible strangers. Being rejected sucks. I don't. I don't want to. I, mean, I don't. There's no need to glorify the feeling of rejection. And and on the phone, as you said, and I think you. I think you did a really good job of articulating that. You know, most of the uh, the rejection that we think we feel in sales. I mean, most of it is perceived rejection, not real rejection. Except for when you're prospecting. When you're prospecting, you will get real rejection. I mean, somebody's going to say, screw you, the horse you rode in, don't ever call me again. And they may even say something nasty about you. That's, that's going to happen. So, so instead of us sitting around trying to tell you to let the rejection roll off your back, which is disingenuous at best, right? focus on what you want and realize, right, do you want to be – do you want to reach your goals? Do you want to pay your mortgage? Do you want to eat? Do you want to feed your family? Do you want to grow your wealth? Or do you want to avoid rejection? Pick. Just yeah. choose. Why they're not prospecting? A lot of the reasons, they don't even know why they're not prospecting. They they have this fear. You know, Seth Godin coins it the lizard brain. And the lizard brain wants to be safe. And so people want to be safe. They don't want to go into work every day and feel that rejection. It's funny. I, I was on LinkedIn uh, maybe two weeks ago telling this story when I, I was prospecting. I called this guy and he stopped me in the middle of my uh, of my pitch, and maybe it was like five or six seconds in. It was immediately, and uh, and uh, he he ends up telling me, you know, go eat shit and go to hell, and just hung up on me. And I was like, get out of here! Like that's the kind of stuff that sometimes you're going to face, but you got to be okay with it. And I think it's important to know that you're not alone. Like, come on, everybody who prospects will face tough days like that, but you got to brush it off and you got to keep doing your dials. So it's it's incredibly important. But here's something I want to talk about, and this is the next golden nugget, is that people who are tasked with prospecting, they prospect here and there. If you truly, truly look at their day and you say, hey, how much time did you dedicate to prospecting? Uh, I prospected all day, Ryan. All day, Jeb. That's all I did all day. Okay, cool. Well, if I actually sat down and watched the entire day, how much time did you actually spend prospecting? Well, I picked up the phone 
And then I went and I started texting my friend and then I flipped through Facebook and then I went back and I picked up the phone and called somebody else. And then I scrolled through their website a little bit. I looked and then I, I picked up the phone again. So by before you know it, you've already passed by an hour and you made three calls. So talk to us about the importance of focus and the importance of your golden hours. I love you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! I tell you, this is—I spent every day this week in front of groups talking about prospecting, and I I, I promise you that 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 was like the the, that was the 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 subject of almost every conversation. It's—I mean, it's an incredible thing. I'll give you—I'm going to give you an example, a real example. So I've got a client of mine in Atlanta. And they have prospecting day and I prospecting day, by the way, is the, is the, is a losing strategy for every reason that you described. Mm -hmm. And we went in to prove to them because their, their executives didn't want to change prospecting day. They, and what we call prospecting every day, like small blocks every single day, rather than prospecting for an entire day, because you should never discount the impact and the power of the, you know, the, 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 the accumulation, the accumulation of a little activity every single day, the cumulative impact of a little activity every single day is just massive. And you get the statistical forces, you know, um, working for you, you get the universe working for you. And, and even better, you know, pro- we, if we just go back to prospecting sucks, if I do a little bit of prospecting every day, that sucks a whole lot worse than trying to sit down for eight hours and do prospecting. So, so we were working with this company and we went in and did a fanatical prospecting boot camp and we basically did three 30 minute phone blocks. So we set the group down, they got their list, they got the phone out. And for 30 minutes, we made them turn everything off, no cat videos, no Facebook, no text messaging, no computers up, no email list, pen phone, three 30 minute blocks. That's 90 minutes. If you're counting, we compared that to the three previous prospecting Mondays. They did all their prospecting on Mondays, the entire sales team in the office. That's 24 hours if you're counting. That's three eight-hour days of prospecting. We made more dials, more contacts. We flipped more appointments. We gathered more information that made the database better in 90 minutes than they had done in the previous 24 hours of prospecting. And the reason is, is human nature, something called Parkinson's Law. Parkinson's Law describes that humans have a tendency to expand the work that they have to do into the time that's allotted for it. So if I give you an hour to do prospecting, you make three calls. If I give you, let's say you need to make 25 calls and you've got eight hours, it takes you you know, eight hours to make 25 calls. And what's crazy is we go into these, these boot camps and, and, and I, I'll, I'll, I'll do a lot of 15-minute blocks. I'll say you have 15 minutes to make 15,000 at one appointment. Go. That's what I do. And then in that 15-minute high-intensity prospecting block, most people are making somewhere between 8 and, say, 18 calls, somewhere in that neighborhood. And almost everybody sets an appointment. We get more done in less time by having a focus where we compress the time and compress the work. That's called Hortzman's Corollary to Parkinson's Law. that says that work has a tendency to compress into the time that you allot for it. So for salespeople – what you said is what you described is the delusion that they feel when they're working with time. My goal is to get as much prospecting done and at least amount of time as possible with the greatest possible outcome. So I, I, I set small prospecting blocks, small 
periods of time. I get my, my, all my work done in advance, my research done in advance, my list done in advance. And by the way, if you're listening, research is not prospecting. Research is not prospecting. So research on your own time, prospect in the golden hours. I, I compress that time into 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, power hour, whatever the case may be. And I turn everything off and I put all my focus on that. I concentrate my focus on one thing and then I'm done and I can go on with the rest of my day. And most people in B2B sales jobs, now there are some people in inside sales where your entire day is calling people because you're dialing to sell something on the spot. You've got a short cycle transactional sale. So you're not really setting appointments. You're, you're, you're calling people to, um, to sell something. Uh, but in, in, in most B2B sales, when you're setting an appointment for a demo or for a, um, you know, for a, uh, a discovery call or what have you, most business-to-business salespeople, in an hour of concentrated prospecting every single day, every day, every day, every day, you can do enough prospecting to keep your pipeline at a level that you will be number one, number two, or at least in the top five on your ranking report in your company consistently. So the problem is, is that you say, I don't want to prospect like everything else. So you procrastinate, you, you know, arrange your desk. I've, I've watched people do that. They, instead of picking up the phone, they rearrange your desk. Cause <laughs> apparently Ryan, when your pen is facing due North objection is so much sweeter. So, you know, so, so stop doing those things, concentrate your focus, peel the bandaid off and then go on with the rest of your day. Go up, do, do all the other things that feel good. But do it every single day. The cumulative impact of a little bit every day is massive on your pipeline. My friend, I tell you, you and I could sit here and talk about this all day long. I know it. But you know what? We got to cut it here. But for those of you who are interested and you love what Jeb's putting down, you think that this is something that's right for you, you're tired of you know, having a weak pipeline, you're tired of feeling poor, you're tired of you know, looking at the numbers going down, you're saying, well, how are we making money? Pick up the goddamn phone. Pick up the goddamn phone. And while you're at it, pick up Fanatical Prospecting by Jeb Blunt. Jeb, my man, it was an absolute pleasure talking to you about this very important topic and a topic that I don't think enough business owners, enough entrepreneurs are giving enough time to. So for anybody who wants to reach out to you, they want to learn more, they want to follow you, what you're doing, how can they do that? Okay, a couple of things. So first, um, my name is pronounced Blunt, but it's spelled B-L-O-U-N-T. Everybody in the south where I'm from understands that, but all of the folks up north in Canada <laughs> and the northern parts of the United States pronounce it Blount. That's okay, oh. <laughs> but, but it, is, it, is, it is pronounced Blunt, but it's spelled B-L-O-U-N-T. You can um, reach out. You can, you can find me at salesgravy.com, um, and we've got tons of resources there, a lot of free resources, tons of articles. So you can learn from not just me, but a lot of the best minds in sales. You can find me at Jeb Blunt, J-E-B-B-L-O-U-N-T.com. So if you want to hire me to come speak to your group or what have you, you can go there. All my information is there. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at SalesGravy. On Instagram, I'm at SalesGravy. On YouTube, I'm forward slash SalesGravy, and I post new videos every single day. You can, while you're listening to this podcast, go pick up my podcast. It's called Sales Gravy, or you can type my name into any search engine. Check me out on LinkedIn. Love to connect with you there. Uh, you don't have to send me a note and tell me anything. I connect with everybody. So send me a, you know, you can just, you can just give me a LinkedIn invite. I'm not, I'm not that uppity. Just send me something and I'll connect with you. And uh, you can also find me on Facebook. I've got my regular 
personal Facebook page, which is forward slash sales gravy. And then I've got a fan page, Jeb on Demand. Connect with me in both places. I love to keep up with people and see what they're doing. And I like to watch your cat videos that you're posting for your mom, too. So um, <laughs> any way that you want to, and my email address is pretty simple. It's Jeb, J-E-B, at salesgravy.com, Jeb at salesgravy.com. And by the way, if you send me an email, thousands of people do. Don't get disappointed if I don't email you right back. If it's important, put it back on the top of my email box, and I promise you that I will get to you. Um, but be persistent because I, I do have a lot of people who send me email and ask me questions. And I, and because I'm traveling so much, it's not always possible for me to get to every single one of them. And I hope that makes sense to everyone. Wonderful. Man, I tell you, see, look at this. This guy is a killer at sales. And people say, well, you can't do sales and marketing. This man is all over the place. You can follow him all over the place. He's building familiarity all around the world. Reach out to him. Connect with him. Again, Jeb, I'm really happy that you came on the show. I think this is great information that I think a lot of people out there in Cut the Crap Podcast Nation need to hear. So, again, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. There we have it. That is Fanatical Prospecting by Jeb Blunt. Man, that guy's got great energy. Great energy. And I loved having him on the show. And I can't wait can't wait to get him back on the show, talking about his other books. And he's got a slew of other books, as he's already mentioned. So can't wait to get him back on to talk about some of those. So at the end of the podcast, if you heard the entire thing and you sat there and you listened and you're like, you know, maybe I should do prospecting, then you know what? Dig deeper into the art of prospecting. Learn as much as possibly can because it's not easy. I'll tell you this right now. It is not easy. But as Jeb said, you got to do it. You gotta do it. If you're investing in marketing, I of course you have to invest in marketing. You have to build that familiarity, you have to build that brand, but you also have to take steps to get the word out there and connect directly with people. There are a lot of people out there winning the game of business because they are prospecting. And far too many of us have given up on prospecting. So if you are the one who decides to go into prospecting and start prospecting for business in your industry, you will win. But you gotta practice it, you gotta study it, and you gotta get great at it. But it all starts with perhaps this show. And I hope that a lot of you who maybe have been struggling with sales, maybe you'll look at this episode as a springboard. A springboard to a new future. A better future. A more prosperous future. And I don't mean that lightly. I I definitely mean that and I, I believe it. Because I was the guy who didn't believe in prospecting. And now I do. And I use resources like this to help me get better at it every single day. And again, like I said, it's not easy. It's not easy. It is hard. But I'm telling you, it's worth the effort. All right, so if you enjoyed this episode, you know what I'm going to say. Please rate and review the show and send that rating, send that review in. Again, just take a screen capture of it. Send it to podcast at Ryan Caligiuri so I know that you rated it. And I'll make sure you get entered in the draw this quarter and every quarter for a brand new prize. And again, this quarter's prize, we're giving away an Amazon Echo, Google Home, or Apple HomePod. And don't forget as well, connect with me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Let me know what you think about the show. Let me know what you think about this episode. Let me know what you think about prospecting. Do you think I'm full of crap? Do you think Jeb's full of crap? Do you think you need prospecting? What are your major problems with prospecting? Let me know. I'm going to open up a Facebook group where we can have these discussions and we can you know, all debate and, and share in conversation to learn from one another. And that to me is going to be one great way that I'm going to be able to use Facebook to, uh, again, just take the conversation off the podcast and onto a different platform. But in any case, definitely connect with me there. All right, everybody. Thank you again so much for tuning in this week. Always means a lot that you do. And we'll catch you back here next week when I have a brand new book, brand new interview with an author, brand new golden nuggets. And of course, every single week I'm here saving you time and bringing you some information that I believe can spark real change in your life. All right, everybody, have yourselves a productive, awesome week. Take care. I love you guys. 
greatness is not this uh, wonderful, esoteric, elusive, uh, God-like feature that only the special among us are, will ever taste. You know, it's something that truly exists in all of us. It's very simple. This is what I believe, and I'm willing to die for it. Period. The only thing that I see that is distinctly different about me is I'm not afraid to die on a treadmill. You might have more talent than me. You might be smarter than me. But if we get on the treadmill together, right, there's two things. You're getting off first yeah. or I'm going to die. I've, I've never really viewed myself as particularly talented. Where I excel is ridiculous, sickening work ethic. You know, while the other guy's sleeping, I'm working. While the other guy's eating, I'm working. I want my life, I want my, my work, uh, my, my family, I want it to mean something. And it's like, it has, if, if you are not making someone else's life better, then you're wasting your time. There's a certain delusional quality that all successful people have to have. You have to believe that something different than what has happened. Confucius said, uh, he who says he can and he who says he can't are both usually right. It takes such a desperate, obsessive focus. You really gotta focus with all of your fiber and all of your heart and all of your creativity. First step before anybody else in the world believes it, is you have to believe it. There's no reason to have a plan B because it distracts from plan A. You don't try to build a wall. You don't set out to build a wall. You don't say, I'm going to build the biggest, baddest, greatest wall that's ever been built. You don't start there. You say, I'm going to lay this brick yeah. as perfectly as a brick can be laid. Yeah. And you do that every single day, and soon you have a and wall. You have a wall. The separation of talent and skill is one of the, 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 the greatest misunderstood concepts for people who are trying to excel, who have dreams that want to do things. Talent you have naturally. Skill is only developed by hours and hours and hours of beating on your craft. There's no easy way around it. No matter how talented you are, your talent is going to fail you if you're not skilled. I want to represent an idea. I want to represent possibilities. I want to represent the idea that you really can make. Being realistic is the most commonly traveled road to mediocrity. Why would you be realistic? What's the point of being realistic? There's a, a redemptive power that making a choice has, you know, rather than feeling like you're at a effect to all the things that are happening make a choice right you just decide what it's going to be who you're going to be how you're going to do it just decide and then from that point the universe is going to get out your way i want to do good yeah. i want the world to be better because i was here